Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. When I uh, talked uh, yesterday and even the day before, I think, about this um, particular interest we can bring to how um, how to go from um, afflictive or entangling mind states, emotions, uh, from them to uh, more liberating ones, to lessen the, maybe the stress or the suffering uh, in this fourth aspect of practice the Buddha talks about, about it as uh, going from the five hindrances to the seven factors of awakening for s- so for some of you it means something when I say this you have references, you know what it means Um, the five hindrances is um, it's kind of a short list of all the afflictive emotions we could say and notice if it's something that you've uh, experienced in your life or in the uh, in the retreat because uh, They're often called uh, obstacles or hindrances to practice, but more largely, I think they could be considered obstacles or hindrances to well-being. Have you ever been uh, in the grip of desire, of wanting something that you don't have immediate access to? the mind grasping as I need it, I want it, it has to be here now. You know? um, as in, I want the bell to ring. <laughs> Or as in, I want to have my tray with my food. Or as in, I want to be back home now. Or anything else you know, that happens uh, in our life. I want to be somebody else. Anybody, I, I don't care. Just somebody else. That would be really nice. I want it now. <laughs> so, desire. Uh, more precisely, maybe call it greed. Greed. Uh, so, it's a kind of desire that has clinging to it, you know, that uh, where the mind is grasping, uh, really. Uh, Yeah, I think you can figure out a little bit what I'm pointing to. Another one of these um, so-called hindrances is uh, aversion. can take the form of uh, resistance, despising, in, inner collapsing, fear. Uh, very, very natural, these responses to uh, what happens in our life. Very natural. Sometimes they're very gross, very strong. Sometimes they're much more subtle. 
So you'll be sitting here and just wanting to be a little bit more quiet or expecting, thinking the next moment is it. Not this moment, but the, ne- the next one. Like a s- slight leaning forward. You know, or in the, maybe in the walking. You know, not really fully present. Like thinking it's in a, in a minute, in a, mo- in a few moments, or if there was a little bit more of this. Thinking that this is not enough um, phenomena. I, I need other, another phenomena. You know, not recognizing that restlessness is pl- plenty of phenomena. <laughs> so sometimes it can be subtle in terms of uh, aversion, maybe very, very slight irritation or slight judgment shouldn't be here. Uh, often they go together to sides of a coin. So these will happen today. I'm sorry to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to say they will probably happen today at different times. Very, very, very natural. And there's a possibility to become aware of these as they're happening, to actually name them. It's a particular, you might say twisted kind of joy that we develop in in practice, but to recognize, oh, voila, here we are. (laughs) The mind, that's a good case of clinging. The mind wants something else. Now, oh, I can feel it. Yay! Opportunity to discover human nature. You know, oh, aversion, not wanting. Oh, that's a good case. That's a good case of resistance here. Or slight, or strong. And so, you see, there can be a hindrance, but through the passageway of mindfulness, suddenly they can become an event knowable, experienceable, a phenomenon that can be known. And this is the passage from one to the other, where I recognize what is happening. And maybe instead of being caught in it, maybe, although it would be really natural to be caught in it, you know, that I can wake up to it and maybe hold the situation, the inner life, the, this experience with care. Very different, no? Than being caught in fear to recognize, oh, lots of fear here, Pascal. Oh, not easy. Not easy. Compassion. How can compassion be born from uh, disruptive circumstances, maybe? This is the alchemy I was pointing to uh, the other day, last month, it might seem like. And so we can recognize uh, greed when it's there, subtle or gross. Sometimes we can, at some point. We can recognize aversion, resistance, uh, not wanting, despising, Sometimes it takes the form of anticipation of it continues, you know. Unable to be with just this, I have to expand it, you know. If it continues, it's good, you know. Uh, 
and we can recognize this. There's three more hindrances uh, in this short list. Um, agitation or restlessness and worry. Anyone here? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> Although it could be a good exercise, it would be liberating to see that uh, it's a common occurrence. Um, so uh, these are also, we could call them maybe tendencies of the mind. The mind, maybe f the physical brain, has been you know, trained, wired to go in these direction, direction very easily. Even uh, there might be something to worry about, but it, there's no need. We can make up something. You know, if, if it's quiet enough, there's not so much stimulation, I'll, I'll come up with something to worry about. Can you? Are you that creative? <laughs> I think you are. And so it's good to recognize this, that it can happen. I'm laughing about it. Of course, it's painful when we're caught in this turbulence and turmoil. Uh, and it's also something that can be recognized very humbly, but also clearly. Oh, worry. So being caught in worry under the spell, in that kind of cage, encaged, entrapped, is one thing. And to actually acknowledge. In the moment of acknowledgement, actually, technically, there's no worry. Interesting. Huh? In the moment of mindfulness, they cannot coexist. Oh, let's take it as a hypothesis. In some of the teachings, it says that there cannot be in the mind both mindfulness and um, and um, an afflictive emotion or uh, entangling mind state. It's really interesting for me as a for research. Is that true? And what I find is that it, I think I would agree to this, because if I'm like in the throw of rage, that's a kind of aversion. So in the throw of uh, anger, and if for a moment I'm like, oh my God, strong anger, I'm not angry in that very, the second after I might be again, <laughs> but in that very moment of waking up, I'm not angry, but I might feel a lot of the leftovers you know, the contraction, the body is kind of dragging behind, it's not as quick as the mind, you know. So I might suddenly wake up, oh, strong, strong anger. I might feel, you know, acidity or contraction or hardness or heat or uh, in the body. Uh, but in that moment, uh, actually, I remember make, making this clear for myself uh, one time one particular time where the Sayada I was talking to you about kicked me out of the, you know, of the... I remember I was outside and, uh, you know, I was really angry. I was like, how dare you, you know? And then, because I had prior moments of mindfulness, you know, I would, I would just like... I remember exactly where I was physically, you know? And, uh, and I was like, I can't believe... I'll, I'll do the 
soft version of my thoughts, you know. I can't believe he kicked me out, you know. And then I would just, like, wow, strong anger. And the interest would arise in the mind, like, wow, look at that. And then there would be some kind of joy of, like, wow, this is a strong, this is a strong emotion. And then right away, mindfulness would disappear. And the mind would cling again to, I can't. Forget that it's interesting. I can't believe he did that, you know. And then a couple of seconds later, I would be like, "Whoa, strong emotion. Let's let's feel this, you know. Like, wow, incredibly, completely different experience of the body. So different than a few minutes before, you know. The body was so incredibly alive." Uh, and and you know uh, visited by so many strong sensations as it is in shame or fear or uh, doubt and so the waking up to it even though it swept us back in the tumbler you know in the in the tempest you know we can uh, become aware of it and this is part of the practice Agitation, worry, another hindrance, obstacle that can become matter, phenomena for research, matter for research, good material, is um, sloth. I know not on this side, but on that side. <laughs> no, I think it's uh, it did uh, come in all, from all directions. <laughs> The slap and torpor, so it's this kind of like, you know, I don't have to say much about it, especially on the two first days of a retreat. You know, the mind that gets like foggy or murky or dreamy or kind of flattish, where intelligence is is not in existence anymore. (laughs) You know, it's not vibrant in there, it's not... um, there's no vitality anymore. It's like you know, the mind either shrunk. There's many images we could uh, use, but uh, and very natural. All of these very natural. No cause for judgment or blame, but opportunity. Opportunities for recognition. Oh, et voila! I remember. Uh, I've seen this with a number of uh, monastics, but I remember maybe a couple. And one, I won't say their name, but uh, but there's no shame about it, but just <laughs> still, <laughs> uh, no shame at all. But uh, this very revered monastic, I, I remember, it was really sweet, actually, to watch him. Over a week, there was a lot of it, a lot of it, and, you know, it was, it was like, like this, and when he would, like, uh, bump, 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 there's a word for it in English. Bum? Bum? Yeah, well. When he was doing this, uh, he was, um, what he would do, he would do this and then he would do this. <laughs> and it was not like uh, habitual, like some of us do this habitually. He was, I think he was really doing it as a, uh, you know, he was not, to me it didn't seem like just habitual, like he would do this and then he would do this, you know, kind of uh, raising the energy by <laughs> involving some, uh, and that's one thing we, we say, you know, if there's very low energy, spend energy, it will help create energy, it's 
And so if you experience this, you can open the eyes, straighten up the back, stand up really hard, much harder to fall asleep standing up. The Buddha goes as far as saying, you know, if it continues, uh, uh, practice standing up, but by a cliff or a well. <laughs> that might raise the energy a bit. And so, and we can do this physically as I just described, and to raise energy, sometimes we ask a question. Is there a pause after the out-breath or in-breath? Who knows? What is, or a question I, I brought here is, what can be known, Pascal? You know, like it's all murky, vague, you know. What can be known precisely? Oh, toes, cold, you know, or whatever else, you know. Like pinpoint to something. Counting the breath is an old way of doing this for a few minutes. Counting the cycle, engaging the mind. Hey, can you count the breath? Yes. (laughs) You know, it's irrelevant, but it engages energy a bit. That's one thing you can play with a little bit. But still, it can also be recognized. Oh, here it is. Here it is. I've seen in me sometimes these, uh, you know, I'll have 10, 15 minutes of, and then suddenly, whoops, the mind is refreshed, and it's gone, not a problem. On the first days of practice, very common, because we're used to a lot of stimulation, being busy with a lot to do, and so coming here and attending to breath or to silence, you know, like the mind can't catch this. It's not used to being with this, being interested in uh, such things, you know. And so it's more like the whole system recognizing, oh, I know, all the signs for sleeping are there, you know. No stimulation, no movement, silence. I, I know exactly what you want me to do. <laughs> and here we're saying, no, we're going the opposite direction, waking up, waking up. So we retrain the mind can also sometimes be a, a kind of a coping mechanism. Mechan- coping mechanisms have to be honored, you know. Being very busy with a lot of projects, you know, is a way maybe sometimes to not feel the discomfort of silence. Or, and falling asleep might be another way along, you know, another way to, to not feel. And so to... something to be honored, you know. Here... My understanding of what's happening is that we are, um, we have all kinds of ways to cope with being a human being, which is a very challenging thing. And so we found all kinds of ways to cope. Some are more destructive than others, some are better than others. And here, we're learning new ways, maybe, or practicing, continuing, developing wise ways to cope with things that are not detrimental to us and others. They're helpful. So we're building capacity to be with, to be attentive to. to b- we're with, with it, uh, maybe the benevolence, which is a really good coping mechanism, strategy, really helpful, no harm in there. We're slowly building more honesty, more stability of mind, courage, determination, uh, freshness, starting again, beginner's mind, the 
host of quality is almost infinite of what we're developing here. As these qualities get strengthened, slowly we can let go of the other less useful coping mechanism. Do you see the process? I think that's one way to describe what is happening. And so I've seen this in us, you know, because this role that I'm playing now, you know, there's a we get to hear a lot of what others are experiencing and and I've witnessed this so 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 many times that's why I'm still that's why I'm still here because it works uh, and I've seen it in myself also slowly the courage the confidence being built oh I can be with this before I didn't think I could I was running away from this but now I've seen that I can be with something like this at least a little bit you know and slowly the confidence grows and the interest before i would despise this now i'm interested oh conflict discomfort really interesting you know i have more confidence that i can go with something that is uncomfortable and i'll survive and i might be even able maybe to still be creative a bit you know have flexibility of mind The last hindrance is doubt. Doubt. So, doubt in oneself, I won't be able to do this. Doubt in the practice itself. Doubt in the teacher. And so, all these are wrong views. Let's put it this way. There's two kinds of doubts, in my mind, at least. There's one kind of doubt that stops me. You know, what should I do? How should I proceed? You know, I'm ne never going to be able to do this. Everything stops. So it's paralyzing in some ways. We are not uh, going forward. There's another kind of doubt. Is, is that true, what Pascal says? Let me check it out. Do you see? It ignites energy, interest. I don't know if it works like this, a human being. You know, let's go and check it out. Can I do this? I'm not sure. Let's, let's try it. It frees energy. It brings energy. It's onward leading. We'll make discoveries with that kind of doubt. But there's another one that is debilitating. You know, it could even make you go back home, you know. Uh, before the end of the retreat. And so it can be recognized. Again, that's what is the passage from afflictive emotion to liberating uh, mind state, Being, becoming aware, oh, strong doubt, Pascal, strong doubt, you're not sure. What's being developed in that very moment? Not doubt. Honesty, uh, recognition, capacity to recognize, Maybe playfulness, if that's what... Oh, yes, I've seen this before. You know, smile or compassion, not easy to be in the throw of doubt. So that's just a f maybe many words about uh, uh, this movement. And maybe later I'll talk about the, what I just alluded to, the seven factors of awakening...
mainly we could say it's a mixture of calm and curiosity. Let's put it this way, uh, to go into practice now. So we're going from all these things, shame, blame, worry, uh, rehashing, uh, longing for the past, to be back, etc., to calm and curiosity about what's happening. Really helpful in a situation of, uh, that is disagreeable. A little calm, a little curiosity in the midst of a conflict. Imagine you're in a conflict. You can blame, fall apart, worry. And what if we brought a little bit of curiosity and calm? Oh, it's interesting when we don't understand each other. I wonder what will happen if I stay tuned in, attentive. What could I discover about myself or us? What could be possible? Or when there's nothing happening, if there is some calm, could easily lead to agitation, not much happening. Nothing's happening. Why is nothing happening? Doubt, agitation, worry, you know, desire to be somewhere else. If there's not much happening, what could happen if we bring a little calm and a little curiosity? What is what appears as nothing? What's there? There's a less, less, I lose my points of reference, loss of identity. I'm not somebody fixing something or somebody describing something. Oh, it's a little scary not to do any of these. Oh, it's uncomfortable. Oh, can I be okay with some discomfort as not much is happening? Oh, maybe I can. I'm not disappearing. Maybe it's okay that I'm not busy for a moment. Okay, you did it now. Let's plan something. (laughs) Okay, let's play with this a little bit. If there are very strong emotions, it's really hard to do what I just described, you know. And what can be helpful today if there's really strong emotions, overwhelming, is um, maybe to go for a longer walk, maybe to um, be in contact with beauty, nature, maybe to rest a little bit. Do metta, if that works for you, if that resonates with you. Open the eyes if they're closed and the emotion is really strong. Sometimes it's uh, even more strong when the eyes are closed. Look around. Find something that uh, brings a little peace to mind. Through the window. Notice the space around. Maybe there's a place in the body where there's not that strong emotion. If there is a strong emotion. Maybe it's not in the feet. 
could ask the question, what else is happening? Not in denial, but just the idea of bringing balance. What else is happening? I know there's this big grief or uncertainty or frustration. What else is happening? How there's silence or fan or tingling in the fingers. Moving the attention a little bit away from the epicenter. Sometimes the chest, there's a lot of emotions in there. Go in hearing. Sometimes the mood is not apparent. We can't locate anything of the mind. Very natural. That's why the first foundation is the body. The senses, maybe we could say. The breath. The body sitting. real good objects of meditation. that again. Oh, aversion arising. Lucky me.
what's happening, what's my relationship to it? If there's a hindrance present, what's the relationship to it? Can it be recognized without judgment? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes we can recognize the absence of hindrances, non-struggle, or particularly the absence of greed or resistance. Oh, look at that. It feels like this when the mind is not under the grip of greed or desire. It feels like this. Recognizing the presence or absence. Of an emotion. Hindrance.
Sometimes the mind just clings to thoughts, is hooked by associations of mind and storytelling. There's no freedom in that. The mind is hooked, clings. Very natural that it would happen. It's possible to become aware of it. No freedom in this moment. The mind hooked. We can recognize this.
hope the bell didn't wake you up. <laughs> or I do hope <laughs> the bell woke you up. So if you want to play with the three questions as a way to practice, um, what are they? What's happening right now? How do I relate to it? How is it known? And then, what happens after? Yeah. So, it's an invitation to stay, stay awake, to see. You know, if the wave of frustration will lead to something else, collapse or morph into something else to see what will happen with the mood and the question about relating is in terms of hindrances or afflictive emotions you know it's you know there was frustration how is it known well I was caught in it very natural that it would happen and ah what eventually happened oh it subsided or I got aware of it I got curious about it frustration where is it felt How do I know there's frustration? Is this pleasant or unpleasant? All these questions that I'm asking are leading to silence, to listening. Is this pleasant or unpleasant? Let me feel it. Where is it located? Let me feel it. Okay. What is the question? <laughs> We have a few min minutes uh, Just a couple of minutes for maybe a clarification or something else, maybe something related to the community or that needs to be named. Yes. <laughs> the question is can you get caught in thinking about it too much? Of course, yeah. So that's something to be aware of. And if you notice this, simplicity. Stepping, stepping, breathing. Come back to the first aspect of experience worthy of great attention. So, sounds. Something of the natural world, the physical, material world. You know, come back to this. And slowly, you know, something will be revealed. You know. But simplicity is, can be really helpful. So if... If there's too much information, if it, just drop it, if at all possible, and come back to what you know, what makes sense to you, or just one thing. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.